Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with great guests coming your way today on the Goodyear Hotline. Darius Leonard in this half hour. Emmanuel Sanders is coming up. Steve Mariucci has got great stories to tell on this jam-packed football Friday. The Green List is another Super Bowl-related one. The best teams not to win the Super Bowl. All that and more is on the way, but there's only one place to start. Here we go! Only one place to start. And that is on the carousel. The quarterback carousel just keeps on turning, and it is going to be unprecedentedly interesting this year. And there have been a couple of twists and turns that have taken place even on this day. Can you imagine what the scene is going to be like Three hours from now, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, noon Central, when the Houston Texans have a press conference to introduce their new coach. Can you imagine what a cluster that is going to be? Is there anyone who is even remotely interested in anything that the new coach or the new general manager or ownership, if they should show up, have to say about anyone besides Deshaun? It's a shame For a guy like Cully, who finally gets his opportunity to be a head coach. And I think this is a job a lot of people probably didn't want any part of. And this is the reason why. Because the only things that make the Houston Texans interesting now are A, Deshaun Watson is going to be traded away from them. And B, the whole league thinks you are toxic and radioactive from the top down. What do you plan to do about it? Those are very tough questions to answer. If you're a brand new general manager like Casario is and a brand new head coach like Cully is. So I actually feel kind of bad for them. But this is the reality of the situation, and it's not changing. So that the quarterback carousel is going to do a lot of things. One of the things it's going to do is it's going to make a lot of people crazy. And one of those people, I think, interestingly, is Baker Mayfield. I can't make up my own mind what I think about this, but did you see what Baker Mayfield did? Now, let me take you back 51 weeks exactly. 51 weeks ago today, the Friday of the Super Bowl last year, we were doing our show from Miami, Get Up, and we're right on South Beach down there, and I had a whole bunch of people with me, including Rex Ryan, Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, and Baker Mayfield came and sat on our set, and Baker talked at great length about the changes he anticipated making in his own mentality, about the differences in the way he was going to approach things approached the way he presented himself, just the differences, the changes he felt he needed to make, understood he needed to make in order to take another step forward, a step forward in his career. Because it seems like a very long time ago, and I guess it was. But I think the conventional wisdom at that point was that Baker Mayfield was in real trouble in Cleveland. And then a variety of really good things have happened. And Mayfield has turned into a really good player. And they won 11 games and a playoff game this year. And they were right in it with Kansas City to the end. So everything is going swimmingly for Baker Mayfield. And then all of a sudden, the carousel starts spinning. And a, and a, and a site called Dog Pound Daily tweets, the Cleveland Browns need to think about Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield quote tweets that and writes, some of y'all Browns are funny. Now, what I can't make up my own mind is whether I love that Baker Mayfield did that, because in his core, that's who he is. He is the firing back at stuff like that guy. Or if I think that that slightly violates 
the position he was taking a year ago, which seemed to work for him so well that he was not going to allow his energy to move in those directions. I want you to think about it. Which do you think it is? Do you love that from Baker? Or would you rather not hear that from Baker? I have at least two opinions I'm going to get. We got, uh, as usual today, my disheveled board operator, Bubba, is with us today. Bubba, let me ask you a quick question. Do you love Baker Mayfield firing back at Brown's the Dog Pound Daily? Or do you think Baker Mayfield, at least he's not on a burner account, but do you think Baker is best served not responding to stuff like that? Uh, I'm, uh... I don't know. I'm 50-50. I kind of like it. I kind of hate it. I don't know. See, that's not an answer to a question. See, see, let me explain to you the way questions work. It's kind of good, but it's kind of bad. I don't know. I I ask your opinion on something, and your opinion can't be, I feel very strongly both ways. The purpose of having a talk show, Bubba, is that you take a position one way or the other. All right. I love it. You love it. See, I think so, too. I think so, too. Also with me today, making a special appearance... Uh, is the man, the myth, the legend, Hembo, who has been by my side with statistics and analytics and all that kind of stuff going back to my days on Mike and Mike. And if you watch our show Get Up on TV, you know that he's a big part of what we do. And he'll be uh, contributing a whole bunch of that kind of stuff with me here today. But let me just start with that, Hembo. Let me, I'm going to give it to you in a, in a little different scenario in a minute. But do you love it or hate it from Mayfield? I hate it from Mayfield. This is 2019 Baker Mayfield. We want 2021 Baker Mayfield. 11 and 5. Baker Mayfield. See, that's the beauty of Hembo, because Hembo, down deep inside, how old are you? I'm 30 years okay, old. Okay, down deep inside 30-year-old Hembo is a 74-year-old man, <laughs> all right? He hates bat flips. He hates absolutely everything that's about right. modern society. So let me put this into a little bit of a context that you will understand, because you are a recently married man, relatively recently. One year. One year. You were ma- married to Lizzie, who also works at ESPN, and, and we all know her. And I'm going to make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Does Lizzie ever flip through magazines or be going through the internet and come across a picture of whomever it might be that she has a crush on. Like in my wife's case, it's Brad Pitt. Mm. My wife will every now and again be coming across, she still you know, flips through magazines. We're older people than you are. So she still <laughs> looks at magazines. And she'll come across a picture of Brad Pitt. And a picture of Brad Pitt will cause my wife to make a sound of which I am not fond. She'll make a sound like, ooh, and I can tell you that in 23 years of marriage, she has never once made that sound a result, as a result of anything I've ever done. And so in that moment, I have, to, I have to choose between saying something negative about Brad Pitt <laughs> or just kind of getting on with my day. And that's how I see this. Now, who is, who is your wife's celebrity crush? Jimmy Garoppolo would be. Okay, fair enough. He Dis- looks like yes. a Disney prince, mm. right? He actually looks like a cartoon character. Because he's, that, he's so handsome, it distracts me when he's playing. It, when she points out, if you're watching a 49er game and she points out how handsome he is, how do you respond? Not well. I mean, he's Prince Jimmy, fabulous Siali Ababwa. It's this, this not, this not good for us. It's not good for us. We usually like, we watch in red zone, so hopefully Scott moves on quickly. So I guess my question to you mm-hmm. then is, do you say something derogatory about him? No, we change the subject. You just, you change, change the, the subject. subject. See, take so, the dog out. So you're mailbox. suggesting that he should change, that Baker Mayfield is best off changing the subject when the fans of the Browns, who seem to like him a lot, they've, they've now been married for a year like you have, but if there's another option out there who looks more like Jimmy Garoppolo, that maybe they're interested. 
So I think there is actually some symmetry between those two situations, <laughs> and that's something that Baker is weighing. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. We've got a million things in the hopper today. Again, the green list is going to be fabulous. We have really good guests coming up. But coming up next, my greeny takes for today will include me telling you who is going to be the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft. That and more on the way, just getting started. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio and streaming as always on ESPN+. Plus. Great guest list today, but in exactly 30 seconds, I will give you today's Greeny takes, which will include me telling you definitively who is going to be the second pick in the NFL draft. The draft starts at number two. I'll tell you who it's going to be in exactly 30 seconds. Those 30 seconds are time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones, right? That happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month. You get unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go with my takes for today. Three, and I'm serving them up hot, and here is the first one. I told you earlier this week, that Brady versus Mahomes is the best quarterback matchup ever. And I will tell you exactly why it is. Because it is genuinely the thing we never get to see. What is the most commonly asked question in sports today? Who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Comes up in my house all the time. My 18-year-old son, LeBron James. His 53-year-old father, Michael Jordan. These are debates that usually can never get played out on a field or a court. But now we're actually getting it. You can't compare players from different eras. But in this case, the players from different eras are going to be on the same field at the same time and let the best man win. This is as close as we're ever going to get. They are 18 years apart in age. That is an era. Let me make it clear just how far apart in age these two men are. When Tom Brady was born... Jimmy Carter was the president. When Pat Mahomes was born, Bill Clinton was the president. That's an era. Tom Brady was born the year Close Encounters of the Third Time came out. Excuse me, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. Mahomes was born the year Billy Madison came out. 
That's an era. Those didn't happen in, in, in the same lifetime. Tom Brady was born the year Hotel California was a number one song. Patrick Mahomes was born the year Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio was a number one song. That's an era. So this matchup is epic. It is Hotel California against Gangsta's Paradise. Do those things feel like they happen in the same lifetime to you? So when people say you can't compare, compare players from different eras, yes, you can. We're getting to see it in this Super Bowl just once. So to me, that is the reason it is the best Super Bowl matchup of all time. Greetings, take number two, and this is the one that I promised you. This year's NFL draft starts at number two. We all know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick in the draft to Jacksonville. In fact, we don't even hear about Jacksonville trying to trade that pick to Houston to get to Sean Watson. They are taking Trevor Lawrence. They feel good about that pick, and I don't blame them for it. I am here to tell you right now that the number two pick in this draft is going to be Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. The more you talk to people, the more positive I am about that because people fall in love with attributes. And when you ask people like Dan Orlovsky, who breaks down quarterbacks as well as anyone, what do we see in Zach Wilson? He says things like this. He's got some of that talent, that jaw-dropping talent that is going to make teams salivate because they're going to go, okay, that looks like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and Kyler Murray. Like, that's what it looks like right now. And Aaron, you know, and so I think the big question is going to be, um, can you get him to be as consistent in the little things as a Patrick Mahomes is, as a Aaron Rodgers is? Because if you believe that you can, then, yeah, you got a really special talent going to you at quarterback. So uh, this is exactly the kind of person that the geniuses who construct NFL rosters fall in love with. They don't fall in love with Justin Fields, who we've seen win big games and play huge in them. They fall in love with the guy that people generally haven't seen, who seems to have some of the same attributes as Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm here to tell you, Zach Wilson, when all is said and done, is going to be the second pick in this draft. Now, what I don't know is who's going to be making that pick. There are three ways this can go. My personal preference would be that the New York Jets, who currently own that pick, have acquired Deshaun Watson in a trade that includes that pick. So that number that number two pick in this draft would then belong to the Houston Texans. And the Texans will take Zach Wilson to be their quarterback of the future. That's my first choice. I don't know how likely it is. The second option that could happen here is that the Jets fall in love with Zach Wilson. They trade away Sam Darnold and they build their future around Wilson. The third, and I believe likeliest option is that the Jets trade the second pick in the draft to a team that wants to come up and get Zach Wilson. Now, Hembo has put together a list for me. In the history of the common draft, there have been four quarterbacks that have been traded up for to number two to take them. That doesn't necessarily mean this is the cautionary tale, but Hembo, give me the four quarterbacks that teams have traded up to take at number two. It's something of a mixed bag, Greeny. Mitchell Trubisky was the most recent example. A lot of similarities. To Wilson, Carson Wentz. So when you say Mm. mixed bag, Mitchell Trubisky, abject disaster, right? And (laughs) there's nothing mixed about that bag. They traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky number two in a draft that has two generational talents at the position in it. 
So that can only be described as a disaster. What's the next one? Let me see if I can sell you on this mixed bag analogy. Carson Wentz. Disaster. <laughs> Carson Wentz, by far the best things that have happened to the Philadelphia Eagles since they traded up to take Carson Wentz number two have happened when he wasn't playing. Am I right or am I, You're an Eagle fan. I'm an Eagle fan. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. You're the one who feeds me these stats all the time. I'm telling you right now, every word you've heard that has been anti-Carson Wentz on Get Up over the last several months <laughs> have come directly from Hembo. That's true. All right, so so far you're 0 for 2. Give me the third one. How about Robert Griffin III? Disaster. I mean, he had a great rookie year, but he, we lost him in exactly the way we thought we would. We said you can't. He, he doesn't know how to avoid hits. He doesn't know how to keep from getting hurt, and he's too slight to take the big hits. And then he ran into, was it Haloti Nada, who almost broke him in half on one hit, one play. He was taking the, he set the league on fire. <laughs> Robert Griffin III was going to change, before there was Lamar Jackson, before there was any of the young quarterbacks today, Robert Griffin III was the rookie of the year in a, in a, in a rookie season in which Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson were playing. Mm. RG3 was the rookie of the year. But all the things we said were going to derail that happened. He got almost broken in half by Haloudinati, and he was never the same again. Never. To the point that he's really had practically no career of significance since then. So that's the best of the three, I guess, because he had the one fabulous season. But so far, not so good. Give me the fourth one. The last person in my mixed bag is Ryan Leaf. So how are you mixing a bag? Ryan <laughs> Leaf is generally looked at as maybe the worst draft pick in the history of the NFL. I mean, if it weren't for Jamarcus, right, Ryan Leaf like sends presents every year to mm. Jamarcus Russell and says, thank you for letting everyone forget about me every once in a while, because until you came along, I was the worst pick in the history of the sport. So this is not a mixed bag. I would hate to see what you consider to be a mixed bag in real life. Like, don't ever bring me a bag of items and say, here, Greeny, I've brought you a mixed bag. Because everything in it is going to be awful. Because the best of these, I guess, is Wentz. Because at least we think he might still turn out to be good, right? He had one year. And Robert Griffin III had also. They said you don't trade up to the number two pick in the draft to take a quarterback to get one good year. Carson Wentz almost was the MVP one year. And then his team won the Super Bowl without him. Robert Griffin III was the rookie of the year one year and has, on some level, never been heard from again. Trubisky, is, they didn't pick up his option, and he's not going to be their quarterback anymore. And Ryan Leaf, you don't need me to tell you what disaster that was. So there's nothing mixed about that bag. <laughs> Having said that, that is my hot take number two, that Zach Wilson is going to be the second pick in the draft. The question is, who's going to be making it? Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. One more, and that is very simply this. Don't forget the name Andrew Luck. I was reading a story in the Indianapolis paper. Andrew Luck is only 31 years old. There's a story about how Jim Irsay keeps the door open for him. And I'll just say the obvious. The Indianapolis Colts are exactly Andrew Luck away from being the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC by far. Now, the history of of luck is well-documented, was so beat up and so disgusted by the incompetence of the previous leadership in that organization, namely the general manager, Ryan Grigson, who just kept sending him out there like a calf being led to the 
slaughter. Is that is it a calf? That's, that's the right what phrase. You that's right. That whatever it is that you slaughter, he's being led out there behind the worst <laughs> offensive line ever and just got beat to shreds so much that he couldn't take it anymore. He retired at 29. But it's not that way now. They have as good an offensive line as there is in the league. I've got stats, courtesy of Hembo. Under Ryan Grixon, the Colts allowed the most quarterback hits in the NFL. Andrew Luck was hit four times a game on pass plays from 2012 to 2016. That's the most in the sport. They've completely remade that offensive line. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They have two really good running backs. Don't sleep on Naheem Hines. And everyone knows the the kid Jonathan Taylor is great. And they have good uh, receivers, too. T.Y. and and they've got other guys there. Pascal, they've got good. That's a good team and a coach that everybody loves. Frank Reich is a coach all quarterbacks want to play for. So from what I've read, he has given no indication that he's coming back. But if he's going to, this is the perfect time. And what I mean by this is literally right now. Because the Colts have got to be in it. I'd be stunned if the Colts are not right now in it on Matthew Stafford. If they're not in it. I mean, if they're not calling Dallas about Dak Prescott, if they're not in it on Deshaun, I can't imagine Deshaun winding up in Indy because they're in the same division as Houston. There's no way they trade him in the division no matter what. But one way or another, this is the moment. I don't mean this offseason. I mean this week, this hour. If luck is going to come back, this is the perfect time to do it. If he's ever planning to come back to the NFL, this is the exact moment to do it. I'm not telling you I think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's out of the question. They have $67 million in cap space right now, the second most of any team in the NFL. Chris Ballard is an excellent general manager. Their GM is excellent. That guy is great. He is the diametric opposite of what they had before. They have an outstanding general manager who's managed to build a championship-caliber team with a coach everybody loves and keep them way under the cap. Like, that's awesome. So if I'm Andrew Luck and I ever think I'm coming back to play pro football again, this is the moment to do it. So let's keep a very close eye on that. And those are Greeny's Hot Takes, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And reminding you, you should check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision, an original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. People seem to love it. It was trending like crazy when I got up this morning. So you can check that out again, WandaVision exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Uh, speaking of the Indianapolis Colts, we're going to have one of their best players, one of the best players in the entire sport, is going to join me coming up here in just a few moments, and that's Darius Leonard. And I was watching, on get, on, right before we did Get Up this morning, I was watching SportsCenter, and there was a fabulous story about Darius Leonard, like one of the really good, feel-good stories. They, they uh, framed it as Feel Good Friday, and they had Darius Leonard, who's one of the best players in the entire NFL, on there. And I, I only got to hear about half of it because I was busy coming in here. So, Bubs, let me know when we have Darius ready to go, and I'm looking forward to hearing that story from him, and then we will get to the bottom of this. He obviously knows these teams he's going up against extremely well. On a per-game basis, Darius Leonard is the most productive tackler in the NFL in the last 20 years, the last 20 years, Luke Keekley is third. Zach Thomas, the old Dolphin, is second. And Darius Leonard is number one on the list. He's literally that good. And that is part of that Indianapolis Colts situation. That, to me, is if I'm Matt Stafford, and I've got little birdies whispering in my ear, Stafford's going to happen soon. Like, we will know something about Stafford soon. So, if I'm Stafford... 
And if I'm the Lions, you want to ship Stafford over to the AFC, all those possibilities, that feels like a very real option and possibility to me, which is why I'm sort of putting the speediness on the Andrew Luck piece of this. But this could be a very interesting little week for the Indianapolis Colts. And again, a huge part of the reason is that they have one of the very best linebackers in the NFL, not just now, but in recent memory. His name is Darius Leonard, and he joins me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Darius Leonard. Good morning. How are you? I'm terrific. And I, I want you to share with the audience here, because I got to see only a little bit of it on SportsCenter this morning, but there was a, a feel-good Friday story that you were telling, and I could see that there were other people involved, and I only picked up a little bit of the story, but why not let you share it? Could you share with our audience what, a special event that just took place that I know that they took some time to celebrate this morning on SportsCenter? Um, you know, I went to the, um, the BMV um, down in Indianapolis, um, where other places call it the BMV, and uh, on my way out, Officer Greg, um, they walked up to me, and he asked, could he, um, could he buy my lunch? And, you know, he he did a kind gesture there. So once I left there, you know, I went to Cracker Barrel. And as I was eating, you know, I thought about, you know, returning the same favor. So I bought everyone in, in Cracker Barrel, you know, lunch. So, I mean, just returning that same favor, um, that same favor. Then, you know, we just finally got to reconnect there on the uh, sports center. So that was that was a good thing there. So hopefully these kind gestures can, you know, just keep going so this world can be a better place. That's a, that's a beautiful story, and it's a perfect example of exactly the kind of thing we need right now. The rebuilding whatever it is that we feel like we may have lost in this country is going to begin with just individual people doing nice things for other individual people. So I love that story. Um, let me ask you something, because I was just talking about it. I was reading a story in the Indianapolis papers about Andrew Luck and how the door remains open in the eyes of ownership for him to come back. He's 31 years old. And to to my knowledge, he's never given anyone any indication that he's giving that some thought. You played with him for just one year. Is is Have you ever had any reason to believe, has he given you any reason to believe that his mind is open to the idea of coming back and playing again? Nah, I honestly don't think so, man. Um, I, me personally, you know, um, just playing his game and knowing how physical it is and seeing the things that he went through um, injury-wise, um, when, you, when your body tells you that you can't go anymore, you you got to listen to the body. And now that you have a wife and kid, you know, now it's more so what can I do for my family? How can I, you know, you want to be there for, for your child. So I, I honestly don't think he's going to come back. Uh, I think, you know, he did everything he could he uh, and that he possibly can for this organization. Uh, and I think it's time for us to move on. Um, uh, like we did with Jacoby, then we did with uh, Uncle Phil. So, I mean, now we got to keep our eyes forward. I mean, people keep bringing up Andrew Luck, but we got to understand that he he retired, and we got to understand that we we can't keep bringing bringing him up when you know we're we're trying to move this thing into the to the right direction if he's not willing, you know, make make that return. Uh, that's okay. It, interesting. And if not, then you know you just had a really good season with Philip Rivers leading your team. It takes you to the playoffs, lose a heartbreaker to Buffalo in the first round, and then he announces his retirement. So, from where you sit, Darius, what does the quarterback situation in Indianapolis look like right now? <laughs> uh, it, it's unknown. Um, I think the only quarterback we have on on contract right now is Jake Beeson. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. You know, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of great things from him in practice. You know, you get. He got better as the as the weeks went by. That's one thing that you know stood out in my eyes that you know he was he was making some crazy I mean some crazy throws in practice. So 
you, you know he got the talent, but you know, um, you got you got to have experience. Um, so I, I don't honestly don't know exactly what's going to go down. Um, I know just as much as y'all y'all know. So you know, just hopefully, you know, we just in control. We control that is get. I mean, I just got to get better each day, and then when I go back, you know, be what I can be, and then let the chips fall at quarterback wherever they fall at. I totally get it, and, and I know that you can't reference any current player by name you know, or talk about them specifically who's under contract somewhere else because there are rules that prohibit that. But just generally speaking, the idea of going out and acquiring another veteran quarterback right now, as you did a year ago in Phillip Rivers, and as you know that there's all these names that are out there right now, would you like to see the Colts go out and get at one of these high-profile veteran quarterbacks that might be available? Um. I would like to. I would like to see the coach do anything in their will to get have his team win. I mean, I don't know if it's a veteran quarterback. I don't know if it's a rookie quarterback. I'm not sure. I just, I just, I just pray and hope that you know Chris been doing a great job of putting his team. Chris and Frank been doing a great job of putting his team in the right direction to win the ball game. So, I just I trust what they're they're going to do, and I just hopefully, um, hopefully they get someone that's going to help this help this team win the ball games, and that's that's the only thing that really matters. It right. don't matter if it's dead or not. Fair enough. You're not going to say it, and I'm not going to force you to. <laughs> Darius Leonard with me from the Colts. All right, then let's get, to, let's get to the next order of business. You played Kansas City last year, this extraordinary high-flying offense. You didn't play them this season, but you played them a, a year ago. And you held them to 13 points. You won a game in which the Chiefs scored 13 points. What did your defense do so successfully against a Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs team that never gets shut down like that? Um, we just got after him. Um, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes and that offense is the most dangerous offense when when Patrick Mahomes is out of the pocket. And I felt like, you know, we got after him and we kept him in the pocket and we, um, we turned the ball over. I, I remember on a screen pass to Shady McCoy, um, George Odom, you know, punched the ball out. Um, so we, we got the turnovers. And then um, I think we had maybe three, three sacks on Patrick Mahomes. I think he uh, injured injured his ankle late third quarter. So um, we just got after him. That's one thing you got to do with a, with a quarterback like that, man, who loves to escape the pocket. You got to have great edge rushers on both out on the, on the outside. You got to keep him in the well. You got to get after him. You can't let him have all day to sit back and throw because once you do, he got so many weapons out there in, in, um, in the skill positions to make plays. There's no way once you get out of the pocket that a defensive back or anybody can hold them guys over four or five seconds, and that's what makes them so good. That was the fewest points the Chiefs have ever scored in a game started by Patrick Mahomes. So your defense did what no one else has been able to do. Darius, again, I, I really enjoyed that story this morning, and I'm glad you came here to tell it. Have a terrific offseason. Best of luck. Let's see who your quarterback is next year, and we'll catch up down the road. Thank you. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you, man. All right, take care. That's, again, one of the really great players in the NFL today in Darius Leonard. Just getting rolling here. We have so much to come. The green list is on the way. Plus, I will tell you next why today is a critically important day for both Super Bowl teams. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. The green list is just moments away, but I told you that today is a very important day for both Super Bowl teams, and here's why. Today, as of today, any player, coach, staffer, or anyone else involved who tests positive for the coronavirus will not be eligible for the Super Bowl. And I will just say this again. I mean, there are things far more important than football games, but boy, after all that we've been through to get to this point and how great this Super Bowl figures to be, the last thing we need is for this thing to turn into one or the other team is decimated by the virus. And in an instance where they're trying to pre- uh, prevent that, the NFL is actually now going to be testing players twice daily, starting today and leading up to the Super Bowl. Every player is going to get tested twice a day. But that's just something to keep an eye on. Shefty and others will have you posted. But as of today... Anyone who tests positive will not be eligible to play in the Super Bowl. Let's get to the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, the Green List, the top five every single day here as chosen exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And for today's list, as we're trying to do Super Bowl-themed lists every day leading up to the big game, today I'm going to give you the five best teams to lose in the Super Bowl. These were the five best teams in the Super Bowl era that lost the biggest game of the year. Number five. It's the 84 Dolphins. That's the Dan Marino team. If you're old enough to have seen Marino, he was a thing of beauty. And as we watch what Patrick Mahomes is doing, taking the league by storm, and all these other great quarterbacks, none of them were better than Marino was when he first came on board. Marino, this was his first full year as a starter. He started a bunch of games as a rookie, then came back in his second year, set every record. 5,600 yards, broke the record. 48 touchdowns, broke the record. They were 14-2, and and they got steamrolled by the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Joe Montana's team killed them, and they never got back. And so all anyone remembers is that Marino never got back. They forget sometimes just how good that team was. And the primary reason is that they had Dan Marino at his absolute best. Number four. Number four is the 1990 Buffalo Bills, the first of the four consecutive Super Bowl losses. That was their best team, and they were a prohibitive favorite. Hembo, you know what the line was on that? They were, what was it? You'll get it. They were a prohibitive favorite against the Giants. People forget that was a miracle that the Giants beat them. They had Jim Kelly, James Lofton, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, and Thurman Thomas, who were all in the Hall of Fame. They had Marv Levy as their coach, who's in the Hall of Fame. They were 13-3 and that year. Bruce Smith was the AP Defensive Player of the Year. They looked unbeatable that season. That the Giants beat them remains one of the great Super Bowl upsets. And so that Buffalo Bills team, again, the best of the four, 
the first of the four that didn't make it. They lose it on the field goal. That goes wide right. Only six and a half. They were a six and a half point favorite against the Giants team that year. Number three. Number three, speaking of heavy favorites, the 68 Colts in Super Bowl three. The team the Jets beat. The team that Joe Namath's guarantee came against. The reason that is one of the most famous games in football history and one of the most important is that there may not have been a Super Bowl anymore if the Colts had done what everyone thought they would, and that is steamroll. The AFL's New York Jets. That Colts team was 13-1. They had a points differential of plus 258. They outscored their opponents in a 14-game schedule by 258 points. They were unbelievable on offense. They were unbelievable on defense. They had Johnny Unitas, who didn't even start. They had John Mackey, who was in the Hall of Fame. They were coached by Don Shula. They gave up the fewest points of any team. In the NFL that year, they gave up 144 points in 14 games. So they were unstoppable and a machine. They were an 18-point favorite, and the Jets beat them in Super Bowl III. A little self-serving on the pick for me? Maybe. But I think it is worthwhile. That was supposed to be the unbeatable team, and the Jets beat them. Number two. Number two on the list of the best teams to lose the Super Bowl is the 1983 Washington football team. They are now known as the Washington football team. They got smoked by the Los Angeles Raiders in what is always remembered now as the Marcus Allen game. To be honest with you, I remember that game vividly. But when I was going through the notes, I'd forgotten just how good Washington was that year. They were the defending Super Bowl champs. They'd won the year before in the Riggins game. But then that year, Washington went 14-2. and They lost two games that season. They lost by one point to the Packers and by one point to the Cowboys. They lost two games that year by a combined total of two points. They were third in the league in total offense, first in scoring offense. They were unbelievable. They had Darrell Green, Russ Grimm, Art Monk, John Riggins, Joe Gibbs was the coach, and they got blasted by the then Los Angeles Raiders in the Super Bowl. They're number two. Number one. On the list, but number one is obvious and easy. The best team ever to lose in the Super Bowl was the 18-0 Patriots of 2007, a team that scored more points at that time than any team had ever scored in the history of the sport. Tom Brady at his best, Randy Moss at his best. They had 10 All-Pros. They had Junior Seau. They had Randy Moss. They were an unbeatable, unstoppable force, and they got stopped by the New York Giants in what remains one of the great wins in Super Bowl history. The 07 New England Patriots, the best team ever to lose the Super Bowl. And that is the green list for this day on a Football Friday. Steve Mariucci in our next hour, ESPN Radio.